What's going on? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys, this is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast. Hey, everybody. It's Tuesday. It is the 12th of July, and we're going all the way to Australia for this podcast to talk with a band. Well, with a member of the band. Well, the member of the band. And we talk about many great things with their music. You get that classic corporation podcast, TED Talk kind of style. It's going to help you out if you're just starting out a band, starting a music product, starting a business in life, any sort of way. And you're also going to want to find out about this music too because if we sent this music from this band to Nick Nocturne, the two rocking grannies, they'd have a reaction of like, what? Dem them heady chunks. Something like that. But before we get started, though, I want to talk about support for this podcast that helps this podcast, you know, go around. So I've got a question for you. Yeah, you. Got Bush? No, 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 no. Not George Bush. Not George Bush. Get him out of here. You got Bush. The band Bush. I'm not talking about you either. Get out of here. You got Bush. You definitely do. If you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, which is Manscaped. Take control of your Bush is definitely an important thing you're going to want to do because, well, who wants to have an unkempt bush on there? Who wants to have hedges that are all over the place? I mean, trust me, I don't want to have hedges that are all out of, you know, unkempt all over the place. That is not a very good thing to do. And good news is that this summer you can have a bush-free lawn down there and you can have the smoothest nutsack in the cul-de-sac by using products from Manscaped. Their Performance 4.0 package is going to be the perfect way to do it with different products to help you maintain a bush-free yard down there all summer long, including the Lawnmower 4.0 right here. Oh, look at that bad boy go. This trimmer down there is built with skin-safe technology to make sure that nicks, cuts, ooh, those ain't happening no more, baby. And I mean, it's your family jewels down there in your bush. You want to protect it down there, right? Skin safe technology on the lawnmower 4.0 even has an LED light so you can accurately see what you're doing down there when you're trimming that lawn and it is waterproof as well. The package also includes the Weed Whacker 4.0 or not the Weed Whacker 4.0, just the Weed Whacker. I say 4.0, I don't know, but the Weed Whacker as well to make sure that your nose hairs and your ear hairs are pretty much trimmed up as well. They also include other products like the Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Door, which will make sure you're smooth down there. All and you don't chafe. Trust me, I use it. I don't chafe more. It's fantastic. And the crop forever ball toner, so that you can have that fresh feel to your balls all summer long. Coolest nutsack in the cul-de-sac. Bush free summer. Got bush. You won't have to with Manscaped. So save big and be the most hygienic version of yourself by using our discount code CPP to get twenty percent off and worldwide shipping for free. Just the shipping for free and 20% off your entire order at manscaped.com. Links are, to the, to, wow, links are in the description of the podcast. Thank you, Manscaped. We are also sponsoring the When We Were Hungry Music Festival happening in Las Vegas, October 20th and 21st. Turning memes to dreams, pancakes in the pit. You better believe it. We are sponsoring that bad boy. The festival from the ground up. Yeah, we're hungry. We want to see some good music. We're a hungry band. We're hungry for the, you know, the greatness that comes with it. When We Were Hungry Festival is the one you want to go with. Many bands for the podcast are going to be on the bill for that as well, including... <clears throat> Modern Day Escape, including Saving Vice, including our friends in Outlier. Who else am I forgetting? Palisades, Varsity, Along Came a Spider, and a headliner that you're going to want to see to believe. Trust me on that one. So go get your tickets right now. When We Were Hungry Festival happening 
on October 20th and 21st in Las Vegas. Link description of the podcast the website. Go check it out. Go support Memes in the Dreams. Come find us. We're going to be there both days. Well, I'm going to be there both days. If you find the guy in the Milwaukee Brewers hat and the Core Progression Podcast shirt with pancakes in the pit the whole entire time, yeah, you found me. Come join us again October 20th, 21st, Las Vegas, Nevada, when we were hungry festival. Now on our feature presentation. So I have Josh the band Sugar Spine on the podcast today. And again, he's making music that he wants to make. And it was all inspired when he was in quarantine for two weeks, returned from Netherlands to Australia during the pandemic and had to be stuck in a hotel by himself and he camp with all this stuff. So this is a fantastic podcast to get to know someone in the rock and metal world that honestly, let's be real, is a fantastic person and you're going to want to listen and watch the whole entire thing. So yeah, let's go! Yeah. Whoa, 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 ladies and boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast. We're coming to you from with a band from Australia. And you know every time we bring an Australian band on the podcast, it has been nothing but an absolute barn burner of an episode. Just a fantastic episode. I'm expecting this one to be the exact same. I was reached out to by this guy from his band page to, you know, check out his stuff, maybe potentially be on the podcast, talk about it, and not going to lie, I was pretty excited to check out his stuff. Bing, bang, boom. We are here. So please welcome Josh from the band Sugar Spine to the Core Progression Podcast. So Josh, man, welcome to the Core Progression Podcast. That's the most incredible introduction welcome I've ever heard. That's amazing. Thank you. Oh, no, no, no. Thank you th- for that uh, because, well, everything that you've done led to that incredible intro with me being all energetic like, woo! <laughs> Wow, it's super validating. I kind of like that. Keep talking. <laughs> Keep talking already. Well, man, first things first, question I'd like to ask is, you know, especially with the fact that we are, you know, on completely different sides of the world, completely different mm-hmm. sides of the spectrum in terms of I'm way farther north here in the United States, you're south in Australia. Yep. Seasons are completely different. You know, if you flipped it around six months later, we'd be having the same seasons and, you know, <laughs> but speaking to brand new year because we're recording this on yep. July 1st. So just had some fun with that. But outside that, man, how's everything going on your end? How's everything in Australia as of late? And how's everything going with the band with Sugar? at the moment yeah uh long story short it's all good um everything's going a million miles at the moment which is pretty pretty uh sleep depriving to put it simply but yeah um it's it's good um a bit of trivia the band is just me it's a solo project um so the band's going it's going all right i think i can speak for everyone um but yeah i i mean just to put it simply things are going ahead new music's already being made um just just working like all the time so definitely keeping myself busy i was expecting you to say especially after you said that you know you, it's a solo project you're the only one working on and you speak for everybody i was expecting you to like you know look over your shoulder and be like right right yeah right. we're good <laughs> yeah sometimes it's like chat you know like a band meeting and they just like speak in front of the mirror or something so is this good <laughs> so yeah it's good yeah the band pep talk just right in front of the mirror all right guys <laughs> this is what we need to get done today this is what we're working on are you ready let's go fuck yeah we're into this like, and you you're lacking you need to pick up your game it's like yes sir sorry sir mm-hmm. so yeah well let's jump right into it because of course when i go and do these podcasts and when i interview any artist i like to find out as much as i can about them and the first thing i saw I was trying to figure out your stuff and looking at a couple articles i read and it was like when it came to looking at a style for you guys, it was more of that metal core style, but I literally have in my note sheet here, metal 
core, heavier focus on the hardcore side of things as well. So, of course, when I looked at it, I'm like, you know, I- I'm metalcore, punk, hardcore punk, more focus on that. I got to listen to this shit. Ah, let's go. So <laughs> when it came down to really formulating the sound for Sugar Spine, what was that influence like? What was that idea? And how did this all come to be? Um, the main thing for me was that there was no, uh, there were no lines to color outside of, I suppose. So it was just a big blank canvas. Um, I think when, when I started coming up with ideas for Sugar Spine, it was actually in isolation in, in like a hotel. So when I came back from, the Netherlands, because uh, my girlfriend's Dutch, we, we kind of live in uh, Europe. And then when I came back to Australia, this is during the pandemic, um, you get put into mandatory isolation in a hotel. Well, it doesn't happen anymore, but for a while it did. And so I was stuck in a room with no openable windows uh, and like I could not get out of the room. Like they, they would not let you out. It was like military guarded and, and police guarded rooms all throughout this hotel. So for two weeks I was in there. And honestly, it, you, you're looking like it's like the worst thing in the world, but I loved it. Um, I'm super happy with just like spending time like by myself and just making music and I'm playing video games, working. Because um, I've, I've got a full-time job at a, a mountain bike clothing company. That's like my side, my, my other life, I suppose. And so I'm just sitting there like just being productive or sleeping and I had access to a robe. So I was just wearing a robe like 24-7 for, for two weeks. So it's not the worst thing in the world. But when I was... Uh, when I was uh, making music and thinking about, you know, what kind of stuff I wanted to make, I was also very much on the computer looking at social media all the time. And it really annoyed me. Like I was just angry. You know, you look at all the opinions on there you look at all the, the horrible interactions where no one's actually being genuine. And I was just like, fuck, this is so fucking annoying. Like I was just really, am I, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Is that okay? Fuck yeah, you are. You fucking kidding fuck me? Yeah. <laughs> Sick. Okay. Um, yeah. And I was just, uh, I was like, making a song and it was really like super aggressive, like punk hardcore kind of stuff. And that song was called Go Outside. It was the first song that was made and that was done in hotel quarantine. And it was just really, like bad attitude, kind of like, like if you met, the, if, if you met this song on the street, you'd kind of be like, oh God, I don't want to be near that song. And um that's kind of the idea and yeah so i guess with that it, it does start in like a very hardcore punk style but then you know i'm a massive fan of slipknot it's like my favorite band of all time uh but then i'm a huge fan of counterparts as well i really enjoy how technical and how beautiful their music is um especially in the like the heavier melodic sections and i was just thinking well i don't have to just be you know the angry street fighter style music it doesn't have to be full on slipknot and with that i was kind of like well what do i feel like making it sounds kind of like a sugar spine song and i just i guess with the ep i just went nuts on it i just um started you know writing riffs coming up with uh, things that i wanted to speak about and um yeah so that's that's kind of what what i really like about this specific project compared to a lot of the other music i make is just i feel so free to do it like i, I don't feel like there's any pressure to stay within a specific genre or style it's like oh do you want to put a trumpet in there it's like yeah i'll put a trumpet in there what about singing it's like yeah we didn't have singing on the last one but we can put we can put like a beautiful you know cute little operatic style thing at the start like i don't give a shit like it just doesn't matter because it's all music at the end of the day it's fun yeah it's all music it all depends upon how you want to have your message portrayed and how you want it to sound how you want that emotion be brought across i mean when it comes to putting in like some of that random cutesy wootsy stuff in there i'm really wearing an ice nine kills t-shirt that's about the hip to be scared uh song and they put a whole entire like bridge in there that's all huey lewis and the news inspired which the first time i heard i'm like the hell is this? And then I was like, no, that is the best part of the song, clearly. So when you're talking Absolutely. about that, it makes it makes total sense, especially when you describe it as, you know, a blank canvas. 
more like I wouldn't say a blank canvas. I would say like literally you're in a room and you have a big wall right in front of you. And you get to do whatever you want while so there's nothing there. And all of a sudden, what happens if, you know, you uh, go off the edges of the wall? Well, you're onto another wall. You're just onto something completely bigger and grander. Yeah. So there's no edges. There's no box that you have to stay confined. And especially with it being just yourself here with Sugar Spine, it allows you to really take a look and just understand, you know, where you want to go with these things. You want to add something cool in there? You want to add a trump in there? You want to add a trombone in there? You want to add a clarinet in there? Hell yeah, why not? If you feel like doing it, give it a shot. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Exactly. But hey, you tried. But the thing that gets me like laughing the most, I'm trying to think about this, like, you're sitting in a hotel room, like looking through social media, just feeling the hate, the anger from all these different places, just feeling that. And you're putting on your music all while just wearing like a smooth bathrobe while making like heavy, like that hardcore style music. I mean, everyone maybe from now on should write <laughs> hardcore music wearing bathrobes. That's just it. Oh, mate. I'd say it's so comfortable. Hey, like it just really made me feel like I was in a good place at the time. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like this nice comfortable thing while you're basically just like broiling with fury at like what's going on in the world. So it was cool. And then there was like Subnautica on the TV as well. I was just playing Subnautica at the same time. So I was like underwater playing metal in my robe. It was a, uh, it was a good time. I wish I was there still, actually, but it was pretty expensive. They actually, they kind of like, you have to pay um, for a while. It was free, but then you actually had to end up paying because you kind of like passed some deadline to get back into the country at a, at a reasonable time. So it was expensive. I probably wouldn't do it again, but if it were free, I'd do it. I'll say, well, hopefully it's something where it doesn't have to happen like that again, where all of yeah. a sudden, you know, the world gets shut down. And then anytime you try Absolutely. and travel, you have to quarantine for two weeks in a hotel guarded by the military. And you're only able to sit in a room probably like as big as the room I'm in right now. I mean, sitting in a bathroom for two weeks doesn't sound like the worst thing in the world. For myself, though, I'd probably go stir crazy after a day and a half. As much as I'd be working, like, I got to get up. I got to go do something. I got to go for a run. Yeah. I got to lift some weight. I got to do something like that. But what maybe happened during that moment is just kind of me thinking about this is, especially when it came to writing this music and really taking everything in, you may have absolutely found the happy medium in terms of feeling this anger, this contempt for everything going around you. And just like this overall rage of just everything you were seeing on social media, and just the way it was making you feel on top of the comfort that you had of being isolated in a room, playing video games, sitting in a bathroom for two straight weeks and just relaxing, feeling it and having literally, like you said, not on the TV, just, underwater kind of feel you may have found the perfect happy medium so that you weren't fully engulfed in everything when it came to the rage and the emotion where the music suffered but you weren't so fully comfortable where you were missing out on a lot of the emotion that you were feeling like you found the perfect happy medium so that when you were trying to focus on something especially the specific aspect of the song you're writing whether it was focusing on the instrumental side the technical side or really trying to bring up that emotion you could jump in between and always have that ability to be pulled back to the middle when you needed to that's pretty much exactly it man like you nailed it on the head um but despite it being a relatively small room i i could at least compartmentalize mentally and then there was all there were also spaces where i could sit you know like that the little table over there was where i put my guitar and you know and my, and my interface and all that stuff and then i had my bed that's where i sat down that's where i that's where i relaxed rather and played xbox and then i had another little table which is where i actually did my work so I had spaces, which was nice. You know, it was kind of cool to just move from each space and then almost like enter this completely different, um, not personality per se, but more like a, a mental a mental state, if you will. Like just going to a whole different realm within the same room, just based off of 
the position of the room you were in and where and where you were sitting or relaxing. Just in yeah. those three different places, you're able to go to the emotion side, to the technical side, to the business side, to the yeah. <sighs> side. <laughs> and it's funny because like when you're in those different things, you can't think about the other places. Like you can't think about what you could do in the other places. Like when, like when I'm sitting there playing Subnautica or Doom or something, I'm sitting there. And I'm trying to think of like a riff or something. And I can't, I can't think of anything. I can't think of what I want to write about. I can't think about lyrics, but then I'll sit down next to my guitar and then immediately just the, the ideas start flowing. So whether that's like almost like a placebo self-fulfilling prophecy kind of thing where it's like, Oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of subscribing to my own, you know, idea of what's possible or if it's actually a real thing, I don't know, but yeah, it was very productive to be able to make it kind of work out that way. It is, and maybe you're gonna to want to end up doing that. Like when next time you like are really focused on writing music, is basically just to lock yourself in a room for like a couple of weeks and just have that kind of set up so that you can just go from spot to spot within your own space and just have that mental, like basically you said compartmentalize. But especially with it being that like mentally you want to do that, you have that little bit of that physical aspect added to it, so it's a little bit easier for you to transition from one point to the next point in that mentality from relaxing mm. business, focusing on, you know, the music, focusing on the emotion, focusing on the lyrics, all that different stuff. You're able to really focus in on that and really have that, you know, physical representation of getting up and just going to a different spot. Yeah. Yeah. It does make life a lot easier. It makes everything a lot more productive. And yeah. And the thing with, you know, with being a solo project, it does allow you to be really quite, um, you know, free to make the choices that you want to make. Of course, there's there's pros and cons for both. Um, you know, the cons are it's a, it's a lonely venture. Um, you actually don't know if things will be really good because you only have yourself to kind of um, check, I suppose. Like you kind of go, okay, does this sound good? Yeah, I think it sounds good. Or no, it doesn't sound good. You've got, you can send stuff to friends and say, what do you think? You know, does this sound okay? And they'll say, yeah, it sounds cool. But I mean, when you've got a band, they'll be like, hmm we should maybe put this little thing in here to break it up between the verse and the chorus or this bridge sounds a little bit too generic. Let's move it on. Um, but uh, one thing I kind of like about uh, Sugar Spine specifically is that I really, I really use choruses and verses. I think Gutter Paint is pretty much the only song I've written for, for Sugar Spine that has like a repeated section. Um, and funnily enough, it's like my least favorite song because it's quite vanilla compared to the other ones. Like the Black Stag is, is the most, I, I almost call it math core in a way because it's just all over the place. And um, yeah, I, get, I guess that's one of, the, one of the pros of being a solo project is that you can kind of just say to yourself, no, I'm going to do this now. And like, no, I'm going to put a cowbell here. Or actually, I might use a different guitar this time and I might tune the string into a way that I would never play it live. Like just stuff like that. You can really just kind of write your own rules or just not have rules altogether. Yeah, and on top of that, just another pro too is when it comes to making those difficult decisions on what you want to do, it's you're the only one that's making the decision. So when it comes to making the decision, trying something out real quickly, you're able to make that call and do it right away. Adding to the yeah. con side of things too, and this is something that you know is probably the honestly what I'd say is the biggest con out of all of it is when you have other members of the band there, they're bringing other influences, other ideas into there that you might not necessarily be thinking of. So when you're trying to create a certain song and all of a sudden it's, you have an idea for it, you know where the emotion's trying to drive and you're really building it up. But this one point, like maybe something with the guitar if just isn't necessarily popping right. Or maybe this drum pattern just isn't necessarily driving the song to build that emotion as you hit to like a breakdown or something. But someone else yeah. might have a different influence understand the emotion that part be able to pull something from their past from their musical mind put it in there and all of a sudden boom now you have the missing piece 
That's exactly it. And most importantly, a, a massive con for me is that there are better guitarists and better drummers and better vocals out there than me. So it'd be cool to actually have a guitarist that can play something other than riffs because then I could say, oh, hey, I, I want this really cool, you know, like striking melismatic thing or like, a, you know, insane solo and I'm looking at my hands like, oh, man, like it's like I've got the trial version of a guitarist. I mean, it's like I need, I need something better. But uh, yeah, I, I do have a couple of friends who could probably write some stuff like that for me if I needed. So I'm really lucky in that regard. Um, I think the, and also the, the big thing is like going live, but that's a massive con. If you're a solo pro, uh, solo artist, you need to either have session musicians or you need to have people who are, you know, invested or passionate enough in your music to want to, to tour or play live shows with you. And that's a big thing. And I'd love to do that in the future. So is that something you're planning on doing in the future right now? Like what's the plan over there? Because that's one thing I am interested in, especially when I'm thinking about too, is you could definitely go up on stage solo and do it, but you want to have those other members there, whether it's even just, you know, session musicians or full-time members, because you need to be able to play off that energy in a live setting. Yeah. If you go up there solo and it's like, you know, you just got an acoustic guitar and you're just singing your song, you're just trying to let vibe. Yeah, that can work. But if you're a full-fledged mm -hmm. band playing a song like Mirror Talk on this one, yeah, yeah. the energy that you're going to provide up there, if you're playing, trying yeah. to play guitar, do vocals at the same time it's not going to drive the crowd the same as you would if you had nah. four full members on there and you were the only one doing vocals and just going nuts and the other guys you know spin around do some crazy stuff and next thing you know you know you're jumping in the pit with us we're going nuts and all of a sudden you start pushing people yep. you accidentally throw an elbow and the dude with the milwaukee brewers hat gets hit in the face and <laughs> goes flying off you look down and be like oh dude i'm so sorry oh wait it's just kevin he's fine no big deal it's <laughs> That's, that's that's the thing like you know if i were to do a solo live thing it'd just be so underwhelming and i i i don't feel like this sounds maybe a bit cocky perhaps but i don't feel like my music deserves that kind of display if i'm gonna like because i'm so invested in this music that i'm making if i'm gonna make it live i want to make it a real thing and i want to have people who can carry the energy in a similar way to, to myself and not, not to say that, you know, it's like I have to choose a select bunch of elite musicians. It's more like I just want to find people that like the same music that, you know, are happy to put out the same energy as me on stage. And that to me is considerably better than the idea of me going up with speakers and then, you know, just performing as a vocalist and having like a backing track. Like some people do that. That's cool. Like you, you do you. Like if you, if you want to present your music life that way, then more power to you. But for me personally, I'm just not fully subscribed or fully committed to that idea i'd want to be live i want to you know i want people to go nuts i want to go nuts myself and i don't have to worry about what it sounds like i want like a, a band behind me to take over essentially that'd be the cool thing and just the idea around that too where it's like you don't think your music deserves that i don't think that's cocky at all i think that's self-aware especially given you know the style of music you play and just if you take a look or if even i, I take a look at it from my personal experiences you know artists that play similar style of music whether it's more the metalcore side anymore it's the hardcore side it's the shows that are the best are going to be the ones where the band is driving the most amount of energy possible and the crowd is just feeding off it and the crowd is going absolutely insane and yeah. that really comes a lot from you know the energy that the entire band is putting up on stage it comes from the energy that the the movements that happen there so if i'm watching someone because i'm trying to think I mean, I've seen some bands where it's like, I've gone to their shows expecting to have something great and I'm watching them and it's like, you know, this is fine, but it's just like the energy is just not fully there where in the crowd, we're just not yeah. necessarily, you know, people are vibing to it, but it's like they're vibing to it, but they're not really moving to it. 
And I'm yeah. talking about, again, kind of more music you go. But, like, go, when I go to see some shows, like, all of a sudden, it's like when I went to go see, you know, I'm wearing Ice Nine Kills shirt. Every time I go see Ice Nine Kills, that kind of movement ends up coming through with their theatrical performance. We Came as Romans. Every time I've seen them, that movement happens. Kubla Khan, Knocked Loose. I mean, oh, man. Jesus yeah, Christ. It's, it's the, like, they go up there, and it's like, you know, their stage show is nothing. It's like when you look at their stage show, it's nothing, like, overly spectacular, overly dramatic, like an Ice Nine Kill show might be, or like an In This Moment show might be. But looking at, the, like, the energy they put out, the craziness yeah. they go with, and just the absolute drive that they have up on stage as musicians, us in the crowd, you know, we're going to create that mosh pit any way we can. But if you're going to create that drive and that energy as a live musician, you want to know what's going to happen? It's going to come out in your music. It's going to come out through the energy when we look at you. And we're going to be able to feel that energy. We're going to feed off it. And that pit's going to be even larger. If there's yeah. going to be a lot more movement. There's going to be a lot more people going crazy. And it's just going to be a show that everyone is going to remember. And it's going to give your music the justice it deserves in terms of the highest quality for a live show. That's 100% right. And, you know, for me, the a live, a live setting, um, what would you say, icon or influence would be Let Live. Well, the first time I saw Let Live live, I was blown away. I'd never seen a live performance like that before. Like Jason Alan Butler is the most incredible frontman, I think, like in music, just period it's just he's i was just watching him and i'm just standing there like is this superman just watching him do things like whether he's climbing up all the way you know like obviously you know, tons of other artists and and um musicians climb up the bloody the struts all the foundations to get to the top and stuff but then i haven't seen anyone shove the mic down their like throat and then scream into it with the, without using their hand and then throw it back into the air like a solid 10 11 feet just like by letting go of their like with their mouth and i was just watching i was like what the fuck is this guy doing and and ever since then i've been like if i you know when i get when i get back into the stage like that's what i want to do not not per se you know choke myself out with the mic but just have that insane energy where people are just like my god this guy does not sleep like that's that's kind of what that's what i want oh absolutely and even like because when you brought you know jason allen butler i'm just thinking my god are you absolutely correct on that because i got to see um in 2021 when they I guess even in 2021 with Fever 333 yeah. when uh, yeah. with the Not Fest Road show. So it was like Code Orange, wow. Fever 333, Kill Switch Engage, and then Slipknot. Oh, and, and like Fever 333, you know, maybe a 25 minutes that that's all they had. And <laughs> I had not seen Jason Allen Butler stop moving. I had yeah. seen him move around so much all of a sudden to the point where like, it was a warm day out there too. Um, you know, came out like, you know, like, more like that, like that jumpsuit kind of thing that they're always, yeah, wearing. yeah, yeah. by the end of the show, he was just in a pair of green, like tight underwear and that was it. And then ran off stage and like, he just did not <laughs> stop moving. And it's like, it I look like back it. at that show. I'm like, huh, if you're going to try an out energy slipknot as one person, that's how you do it. That's the guy. Absolutely. And yeah, it's just so accurate that he ended up in less clothing than when he started that's just so him we were <laughs> from what i've seen the people i was talking to like after like that set we were like we're surprised that those like underwear actually stayed on we were full-on expecting it just you know nothingness from him and just everyone looking at this thinking you know what this makes sense yeah <laughs> that's exactly what everyone expected funny story i actually left a slipknot set uh about three quarters of the way through which is like for me, it's sacrilege, but I did because I went to see Your Demise, who I was like at that time in love with. And just before Your Demise started playing, Let Live was playing on the stage. 
that same stage just before. So I happened to just walk into, yeah, saying Let Live. And I was like, well, who's this? And that's how I actually discovered Let Live. So it wasn't via YouTube or anything like that. It was just like, a, I guess, the traditional way of just like seeing this live act and being like, okay, who's that? I'm in. So yeah, despite, you know, leaving Slipknot a little bit early, I did get to see and, and get to uh, discover a new band, which I'm still, you know, deeply in love with. Yeah, that's that's kind of something similar to like, you know, when it comes to just discovering bands, just like go going to see them live just in some random instance. I mean, of course, there's gonna be a lot of people like you left a slipknot show early, especially when you said yeah. how much you enjoy. How dare you? But then again, yeah, all of a sudden you got to find out who Jason Allen Butler was. I had something like that happen too, where it was uh there was a show happened over here in the US. It was back in twenty nineteen. And the reason I bought tickets for the show is because like the torches on the bill, I had not I had not seen Howard Jones perform up to that point and I wanted to do that. And they were the middle band on the bill. And the two bands going on after them were two bands that I had never even given the time of day to. One was Fit for a King, and the headliner was Ice Nine Kills. And I remember that moment, like the first time I saw Ice Nine Kills, like a first song, I'm like, what the hell am I actually getting myself into? By the end of the set, I'm just like, I have no idea where this band's going to land on my favorite band list. It's definitely going to be top five by the end of the year. And now it's like, I look back and I'm like, I'm wearing the freaking shirt right now, but they're, they're number two on the list. I'm like, that's how you find out about bands where you're just like, just exactly. go, just experience the live show because you can listen to music on Spotify. You can go on YouTube and watch music videos, but there is nothing more impactful than seeing a band live, seeing that live performance and feeling the energy that comes off from there. No mm. matter how you like to see shows, because if you're like me and you like to jump in the pit and feel the craziest, oh yeah, you're going to want to go and see some, you're going to want to go and like feel that energy. If you like yeah. the whole entire like pageantry of a show or the whole entire, you know, theatrics that a show is put on or just all the crazy stage presence that a band might has and you're not like maybe not in the pit but like you know stand as close as possible to the yeah, yeah. Off to the side whatever it is but you want to feel that you're going to want to see that live because it is such a different experience than watching something on youtube a hundred percent that's exactly it. and that's how i felt what was it um acacia strain was a band i saw when i was like 13 years old it was like the first proper concert i went to it was um confession the day to remember suicide silence parkway drive and acacia strain um, it was, yeah, that was my first my first proper metal gig was that it's called Sweatfest 08 and it was at the Roundhouse in Sydney and the first band to come on was Confession, um, really like well loved metalcore band from Victoria and they they've you know obviously they've broken up now, um, but then after that it was a day to remember and that's when they were still playing like Heartless is one of their setlist tracks like it was that that long ago, and then the Acacia Strain came on. I think, no, sorry, I don't remember it was second last um, before Parkway Drive. But then, yeah, it was um, Acacia Strain came on. And I just remember being 13 and I'd heard their music. I'm like, oh, I'm so excited for Acacia Strain. And then uh, Vincent comes out. He's like, this place is now the most dangerous place on planet fucking Earth. And I was like, ah! <laughs> like I'm so scared. And then, of course, they played something like Continent. And I was like, um, so that, that they basically played the whole album, like Dr. Doom. JFC and I was just like this is too much for me to handle <laughs> I was like way out of my depth and then Suicide Silence comes on and I think my soul left my body around that time haven't been the same so yeah it was it's, it's good fun like hearing that stuff live especially something as heavy as Acacia Strain it's just so different than you know having it on your freaking iPod it's just next level all right then I gotta ask you this question about Acacia Strain because they're uh -huh. coming to play here in here in my hometown of uh Milwaukee 
is yeah. sometime in sometime in this month of July. I don't remember where when, but the venue holds is like it's like a punk rock style venue that holds like three hundred people. The question oh is, should I go just for the pure carnage of this? Yeah, does one legged duck swim in a circle? I mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> Absolutely. Wanted to make sure that that was the case because, well, I was yeah. gonna, pl- I was thinking about going anyway. You know, I probably was gonna go anyway, <laughs> but after you said like, you know, I need the confirmation, man. I need it right here. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 another experience. Acacia Strange is just so next level. Just watching their stuff live, it, it's so heavy. It's just oppressive, and but at the same time, it's so fun. Like, it's just a wonderful experience. So yeah, get there absolutely. I'm I'm gonna have to. So jumping, sticking with the whole entire like live setting thing, but when it comes uh-huh. to Sugar Spine, because what what's kind of like the future like when it comes to live? I know you said you know you're kind of trying to figure that out right now, but what's in your mindset right now when it comes to being able to play this stuff live? Because I know you don't want to do it yourself, so kind yeah. of where where's the progress on this right now? I want that like you know progress report. Yeah. The progress report is it's pretty lackluster to be honest um i'm actually relocating from australia um moving over to the netherlands again and i guess that does mean that i can focus you know on meeting people there who want to make the same music i actually have uh, another band um with some friends of mine in the netherlands so we actually we actually play music or we actually write music and stuff together at the moment so maybe i could kind of convince them to start playing my stuff too because then we can just play like in a super long set um, but ideally, yeah, I mean, it'd be really cool to, you know, to meet some people over in, whether it's, you know, in the Netherlands or even in the UK or Germany or, or France or Belgium, wherever, and just say, Hey, do you want to make some music and see if we can get together? Cause that'd be kind of fun. Um, I mean, I think honestly, like anyone worth their, worth their weight in, you know, salt who can play guitar can probably play sugar spine stuff. As I said, I just play riffs. So it's quite, it's quite straightforward. Um, yeah, so that's that's the plan. Move to Europe, either convince my current band to make to play some Sugar Spine stuff, or just find some other friends who I can kind of rely on to make to make some live music with me, and then that's about it. So we'll see. If it comes to having to find other friends too, I mean, you're in the Netherlands, and that's not like one of the only countries I've ever visited when I was over in Europe. And oh god, I want to go back. It was. Oh, it's so, so much fun it's so friendly hey like everyone everyone just wants to speak to you especially if you are if you're english speaking you try and speak dutch because I'm, I'm learning dutch but i'm <laughs> trying to speak english to so i'm trying to speak dutch to all these you know dutch people and they're like it's okay we can speak english but no no i'm trying to learn they're like no no that's no, fine let's speak english it's like oh shit okay so it's a very it's a very friendly place i've found but um, I'm, I'm lucky to have a few friends especially from you know um writing reviews for a magazine and stuff i've made a lot of friends through the music world through the industry you know some bands that i look up to and um even just some bands that i've you know just discovered which are you know lesser known than those top of the range bands those people that i still chat to and i say hey when i'm in the uk or when i'm in europe let's chat and have a beer they're like yeah cool sounds good so yeah it's it's going to be easy to to kind of i think meet new people i think it's just going to be a bit of a challenge to actually make live music happen for sugar spine but it's a challenge i'm definitely willing to to take on take on that challenge and use all the connections that you have to you know potentially find avenues to find people that are into the same sound as you are that would love to make sugar spine music if your other band is not really wanting to do that at the moment yeah on top of that too like you said you know if they're not in the netherlands you can always go over to like look at you know potentially look in germany where when it comes to heavy music you know germany perfect oh yeah and, and go over to like the uk man that metalcore scene the uk over there it's just oh is it so good 
So it's you'll been, find something. I feel like it's just gone like, like just off the charts in the past. Oh, five, like past five years, there's just been a, like an insane change. And like, of course, there's bands like Employed to Serve, for instance, which have been around for ages. Like they've been around since what, the 2008 or 2006 was their first album. I can't remember specifically, but just from there, like all the way to where they are now. And like that, that trend of, of artists, you know, like Conjurer, for instance, like they are just exploding. That whole scene is exploding. And it's so cool to see. It absolutely is. And I'll say it's because you said it was like five years. I'll just put this when it comes to the English metalcore scene. Thank God for the doomsday riff. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. Oh man. It's yeah. It's a, it's a super special place. And I, I'm really happy that I know some people over there that I can kind of just make, I guess, make, um, have a closer connection with and just explore music again. That's one of the reasons I love making music just to kind of meet more people who share that same thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited in that respect to, to go back and meet some people. No, absolutely. And then, you know, you're getting a whole different perspective as well, where, I mean, you're, you're right now living in Australia and all of a sudden moving back to the Netherlands. I mean, again, you're moving like what seems like halfway across the world at that point, but you're going to yeah. be experiencing, you know, especially living there, so many different things, so many different other, you know, cultures, especially with Europe and all the different, like, you know, with all the different countries, all the different cultures, you know, all potentially more integrated because you're able to go from one country to the next rather easily. Go over to the UK yeah. as well, just experience all of that. I mean, you're going to find some things there that you are going to be like, you know, you're going to be listening to potentially some local bands that are trying, doing some of these things. And you might just get absolutely inspired by them for something for Sugar Spine out of nowhere, just by walking down, walking into a bar and all of a sudden, boom, there's this heavy band playing. And there might be this one riff or this one drum pattern, this one vocal pattern. You're just like, I don't know what I want to do with that, but I want to do something with that. Yeah. And funnily enough, a lot of, a lot of instances where, that, where that's happened for me hasn't been when listening to heavy music. It's been listening to completely different styles of music. Um, so, for instance, uh, like listening to stuff like the 1975 or listening to um, like R&B artists or like lo-fi stuff. I just hear this, whether it's like a, a chord progression or if it's like um, uh, there's this artist that I'm listening to right now called Emok. And I think, I don't know if he's really well known. I mean, he just kind of popped up on my friend's Spotify. And I've been listening to him and it's just, it's so beautiful and relaxing. And I'm like, oh, that's a cool vocal effect. Like just little things like that. I pick it up everywhere. So it's, it's really cool. So you can, you know, you can listen to metal and go, oh, I love the sound of that breakdown. Or, I love the sound of those kicks. Or, I love that drum feel that that guy just did or that, you know, that person just did. It's like the, 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 the inspiration is just everywhere. And I love that because you can go, oh, that sounds cool. Like when I was like 16, um, I accidentally put a broom up too high and it hit the ceiling fan. And I was like, dun, 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 dun. and I was like, oh shit! And that ended up becoming a breakdown for the band that I was in at the time. So, yeah, <laughs> you've got no idea where I can find inspiration from. I was say, pretty soon you're gonna find inspiration from like a construction site where all of a sudden it's gonna be like you're gonna hear a truck back and I'm doing the boop, 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 yeah. and all of a sudden you're gonna hear like some hammering or drilling in the background. It's like, you're like, I could make something off of that and just run with it. Yeah, you see like a jackhammer, like, like, okay, done, sorted. That's the next one. I mean, I mean, that could have easily been how a day to remember came up with the breakdown for Mr. Highways with disrespect your surroundings. It could have been inspired by a jackhammer that's, or that's your handle to the, to the fan. It could have happened. It could be. Or, you know, like when they're changing the wheels in like a Formula One, like in the pit crew, that could have been like how laceration <laughs> penetration from Dada's motor was made. It's like, so. Yeah, it's ev it's everywhere, man. It's everywhere.
It's everywhere you can find it, and you're going to be dropped in, especially moving to others, you're going to be dropped in a place where, again, so many different cultures, so many different sounds, so many different, you know, styles can be integrated yeah. all within, you know, one city, within one country, within one area, within one scene. So you're able to yeah. really get a full feel and a full-fledged understanding of how that inspiration can really take hold for you. So definitely use it to your advantage, man. Use it to your advantage. For sure. Just expanding my horizons. Yeah, and because I know we also talked about it a little bit before we started the podcast, but you brought up too, especially, you know, you said you also work for a magazine. You've been able to connect with a lot of other artists as well and create some mm-hmm. of these, you know, relationships. Uh, when it comes to like, you know, these artists that you've connected with, how have you kind of, you know, used their influence to help you along with your music with Sugar Spine along with the other bands that you're working with as well? Um, it, de- it depends very much. Uh, like when it comes to speaking with artists like, um, well, uh, you know, one of the songs that is on the EP is called Pen or Sword, and that's featuring Nick Rossi from Born of Osiris. And so I guess in that respect, when I wrote the review for their latest album, Angel or, a- or Alien, um, Nick basically and I were chatting and he said, thanks so much for writing that. It was really cool. Like, I appreciated it. And hearing that from from the person who you're writing you know, the article about is really cool. Like, it's a really... I don't know. It feels like you, you know, you've actually written something that's accurate and correct, and and also just well written in general. And I guess when you have a chat with them, and then maybe you talk about something else that you kind of um, that you connect on, you know, like um, Ash Gray from Venom Prison. When we spoke, when we when I had an interview with him, we spoke for like nearly an hour, and a solid twenty minutes of that was just talking about video games and photography and um, cars and mountain biking. And so you kind of just have these really cool friendships or you know call, call them what you will but yeah um for, for sugar spine I, I i don't really i try my best not to take advantage of of it because i don't want to be that kind of guy that's like hey thanks for chatting hey by the way do you want to be in my in my band it's like it's a little bit i find it a bit weird but when i had an idea for a solo in pen or sword i was thinking well i i can't make a solo i'm not that good um and i could well i could make a solo but it won't be that good essentially <laughs> And I was thinking, well, who, you know, who could I get that I know is just like incredible. And then I thought, well, look, I've already spoken with Nick. We, you know, we already have a line of dialogue. So why not just put it to him? I said, Hey, completely fine. If you're not keen, but would you be keen? I said, yeah. I said, okay, that's, that's nice. Send him the song. He said, okay, here's the solo. And it's just one take and it was like perfect. So I'm just really lucky that I have that kind of um, privilege to speak with you know speak with these people and of course like you know i don't speak with every band that i write a review for or anything like that um it's just sometimes whether i write one a review that's uh, you know maybe speaks to them personally or resonates really well with what their intentions were they kind of reach out to me and say thank you that's really cool um and then even then that's we kind of just leave it there so um yeah i think it's, it's just cool knowing that i do have um some kind of what's the word just some kind of interaction with what I kind of want to want to see myself as in the future, just like, you know, a band that is being talked about or a, a musical act that's being talked about and um, whose music is kind of making itself more known and, and uh, resonated with by, by more than just, I don't know, more, more than just a handful of people. And the thing I have to commend you on for a lot of that is, you know, you're creating these connections with these with these artists, with these other bands, and it's all based on the work that you're doing and then just connecting with them based off of, again, how the work you do, but also then, you know, just having these conversations with them and just being yourself and just talking about, you know, not being all business, just being personable. Yeah. And 
when it comes to, you know, you are just definitely establishing these connections, whether, you know, it's just that line of dialogue or all of a sudden, you know, it might be more continuous thing, but you don't want to take advantage of it. But if you have a question on something or if you want to, you know, ask them, a, you know, potentially, you know, for help on one little piece because that is their expertise and you might have an idea of something, but you can't execute it the way that they might be able to, you do have the freedom to potentially ask them to, if they want to give it a shot or to help you out and more than willing to say no as well. We understand these artists yeah. and these musicians, they're busy people. They've got a lot of other things too. They've yeah. got a lot of other ventures. They're probably working at the same point in time as well. They might not have time and that is okay. But the important thing is, is again, it's just the connections that you're making with these yeah. people as well, where you're not going to necessarily ask to be in, in the band, but you know, if you need a little bit of help with something, if you have that question, you have those resources available based off of what you've been able to build up with this career, working, you know, for this magazine, being able to do these interviews, being able to do these, you know, reviews and whatnot, and just really be able to create those connections. You have those resources available to help you make sure that what you want to do with Sugar Spine is going to turn out the way that you want it to turn out, is going to be as successful as you want it to. So that that you can be the happiest person that you want to be yeah and I, happiness definitely comes into it but it's also fulfillment um you know when i kind of set my sights on a certain thing i want to do like a, i guess whether it's a venture or whether it's a some kind of target i want to hit most of the time i'll i'll just kind of dig right in and get it done and that was the same with um sugar spine i said to myself look let me get to like it's kind of superficial i suppose but i said look let me get to a thousand likes on facebook um, which is like not a small endeavor when you basically don't exist as a, as a, as an artist. So let me get to a thousand likes. And then if that happens, then I, I'll take myself seriously in a way. Um, cause I'm already enjoying myself. Like whether or not I get to a thousand likes, I'm still enjoying the hell out of myself making this music. And also like, you know, the vocal style that I've started to use for this stuff, I've only just kind of properly developed it. So I'm having a lot of fun still exploring that and still establishing it. So yeah, I just thought, you know, if we get to a thousand likes, I'll probably, you know, make this a thing. And it seems to be, seems to be working. And most of all, it seems to be keeping me really happy, which is always cool. But um, yeah, going, going back to the artist thing, it is like, if, if I have that, if I have that ability to chat to these people and, you know, let's say take advantage of that, of that interaction, then, then I definitely will. Um, I think it's just doing it with, with a high degree of respect for the people that you're speaking with, but then also having a high degree of respect for the people who actually have a similar position to you. So, you know, um, other people who are musos, but are also journalists, like you've got to think, are they doing the same thing? Um, you know, how would you feel if they were basically reaching out to every single bloody artist that they were speaking to and said, hey, do you want to be in my, my song? Like, I'd be like, Jesus, dude, like, take a fucking break. Like, not every single person you chat to is going to want to actually be in your bloody song. And furthermore, your song might be shit. And that's so I'm kind of thinking that about myself a lot. It's like, do I really want to do that and be that person? And no, I don't. So that drives me to a, you know, make sure that the interactions that I'm having with these people are 100% genuine um, and B, making sure that the music that I'm putting out is the best version of myself. And uh, at this moment, especially with my new material, like I think uh, I think I'm doing that. The thing that you said in that part that just like spoke to me was the fact that you said that when it comes to not only the artists that you, you know, interviewed with as a journalist and create these connections with, but the ones that are kind of on the same level as you right now, having that highest level of respect for them so that when you do have want to make do the do or do that reaching out, when you do have a question, when you potentially want to see if someone can help you out with a certain song or a certain piece of this, you're not doing it in a way that, you know, 
is coming across as necessarily desperate or is coming across as like a cold call kind of thing because even think about it as a person. I mean, you know, you get those cold call scammers all the time. What's the thing yeah. that you do when you see them come up in your phone? Oh, you're either going to let it just ring out and ignore it or you're going to pick up your phone and just hit end call right there and call it a day because you don't want to deal with them. Yeah. So you're not spamming. You're not spamming them. You're creating that genuine interaction. And then when you're, you know, potentially asking them a question or, you know, maybe it's like, hey, can you help me out this one piece in the solo? What you're doing with that part is you already have that connection established and yeah. you're coming to there from a place of, you know, you know, this is something I'm working on and you're asking for their expertise for the help if they're able to give it. So you're not, you know, acting, acting all desperate. You're not like putting out in the desperation. You're respecting not only their quality and their talent as a musician, but you're also respecting their time as well. That's it. That's yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, and and that kind of can be a little bit of a lesson for not only any band out there that's, you know, trying to get, you know, pretty much anywhere when it comes to connecting with other bands, connecting with different people in the media, or anyone literally in life in general. It's all, you know, if you keep constantly going and spam and spam and spam and spam and spam and yeah that's really potentially not going to get you very far just because people are going to pick up on that real quick. If you're able to create those genuine connections and have respect for people, especially from a musician standpoint, talent, their artistry, their, you know, and their time and their space. I mean, you're going to go very far if you're able to create those connections and have the respect for all of that. I mean, you're yeah. seeing it happen with yourself. I've seen it happen with some of the bands that I've been able to talk to and connect with. So I know that this works. I know this works and every other band can take that idea, use it for themselves. And then we create a spot where we have more collaboration across not only, you know, people in the media for music, but also musicians as well from both, you know, the high end to the people that are just starting out. We have this collaborative, connective, but above all respectful kind of community so that everyone can have this potential chance to connect with others, to work with others and create the best music possible. Yeah. And I think you kind of, when, when you start a band, obviously you do have to remember that it's tons of fun. Like you're doing it because you like to make that music. But if you start it with the intention of it becoming more serious, you have to treat it as a small business. You have to treat it as a, as a small enterprise, which is essentially, you know, you're not going to make money at the start. And you're not going to get the recognition that you most likely deserve at the start either. Um, but you think about, you know, let's just say that you start off as a, as a company who makes, God, uh, shorts, let's say, who cares? Start, start off as a company that makes shorts. You can't immediately go up to Nike and say, hey, I'd love to collab with you on a pair of shorts. Because that's like, you know, that's like me going up to Slipknot and saying, hey, Corey, I'd love you to do guest vocals on my, on my track. It's like, we're not on the same planet, you know. You you do have to you do have to pick your size, right? So you start off as you know, shorts company that's just started out. Cool. You get well and you, you get well known in your area. You do your own promotion. You invest in that promotion. You talk to, you know, you, you basically you you can spam outlets and stuff. Sure, they might do a little piece on you and, and all that, but you do have to kind of just do that whole, that whole stepping stone thing. And then soon enough, you'll get to a point where you can meet another band who's on your level, and maybe you can you know mutually benefit off of each other's exposure and then you do the same thing you just keep building and keep building and it's it's a very hard thing to do and like i'm still i'm really bad at it still honestly like i'm i'm navigating it every single day um especially uh yano who is the guitarist of 
my other band in the Netherlands, like he is so good at that stuff. He's, we call him like the, the, the manager, he's the boss, he's the man. And he'll be the one, you know, emailing people at two in the morning or 10, 10 at night or whatever, and just being like, hey, we've got a new song. We hope you love it. And then he's pitching here and there. And like, you do have to grind. You really have to be so disciplined to make that stuff happen. And I'm, I struggle with that all the time. So it's just one of those things. Like if you're if you're starting out as a band and you want it to be serious, then treat it as a small company. You know, you got to market, you got to invest, you got to you got to learn to you know eat a bit of shit every now and then as well. But um, yeah, I mean, it it works out. Obviously, not for a lot of people, but it works out for the ones who try really, really, really hard. Yeah, and from the podcast standpoint, I can relate to that pretty much. You know, step by step, <laughs> it's very similar. You know, you just got to edit a couple of the pieces for you know, exact content. It's like, okay, you know, or, you know, I'm not, you know, building a whole band here, but I am trying to, you know, build a brand, trying to connect these people and trying to grow in that same kind of style. So it's very similar on that front. So you treat it like when it comes to, you know, creating a project, creating a band. And if you want to be serious about it, you have to treat it like it's a small business. You have to put in the time, you have to put in the work, you have to put in the effort and you have to find people that are going to put the same amount of effort in as you, maybe in different avenues, like you said for yourself, especially with your other band in the Netherlands, you're not the best at that whole entire connection promotion style for the band specifically, but your guitarist is perfect. You guys are contributing to the, you know, the small business that is the band equally, but you're just contributing in different ways. That's it. I'd say disproportionately for the other band. Like he doesn't, he doesn't a lot of the heavy lifting. I'll just scream on whatever songs he makes, but that's about it. But then, uh, <laughs> but I mean, if it comes down to writing biographies or anything like that, I'll write the biographies. I'll write the blurbs about the songs because, of course, writing is my my strong suit. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, that's right. You have to find people who are just as invested. And generally, when you find people who are just as invested, they end up being lifelong friends or people that you are super close to, and that's also a a beautiful thing you know to make really special connections like that again that's one of the reasons i love this kind of stuff it's just because you make some really genuine friendships which can last a long time and that's kind of i think some of the most one of the most beautiful things about i guess life in general is making those relationships oh absolutely and i have to ask you this about this now so when it came time to you know trying to find people that would be invested in this up as you when it came to your, you know, the band you work with in the Netherlands, the band that you're in the Netherlands, but also now when it comes to finding people that are going to be invested as you with Sugar Spine, are you finding that, like, what's the level of ease you're finding that, or level of difficulty that you're finding with that? Because I'm trying also, it's kind of related to uh, things that other people are going to do and also related to myself as well with this podcast. So I'm curious yeah. to see how your thought process is on something like that. So with the band, I was lucky enough in that it was pretty much formed and had material before i joined so i when i moved to the netherlands i joined some metal facebook group and said hey i'm from australia and i'm a vocalist i want to join a metalcore band uh yano reached out to me and said hey we're looking for a vocalist and i said show me your songs he said okay show me your vocals and we both said "Zerk," and then that was it um so it was really it was quite it was quite straightforward it was like yeah cool we're in let's do this um and then i guess with that you know the 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 people in the band so i've got yano yoran and they're kind of like palindromes for names and then i've got pim and pim as well so pim's the bassist and pim's the drummer um it's yeah so it's like three j's and two p's or something like that um they're all dedicated and we're all strongly opinionated which makes writing music fucking difficult sometimes <laughs> like we we almost broke up i swear to god because of one song um but that's also because we're so invested in making the best version of our music as possible 
So that is like a, that's a really special thing that I don't think I'll find with another group of people for a very long time. Um, if I, if I do look for another group of people outside sugar spine, for instance, but I think with sugar spine, I'm not interested in looking for people to help me write because I'm, I'm personally really happy with the musical direction that I've kind of taken with this. Um, I suppose it's kind of like, you know, not, not that I'm on the same level at all, but it's kind of like Beartooth where, you know, you've got Caleb who writes and produces most of the stuff, but then he's got his live band that, you know, that he tours with. That would be like a really cool scenario, I think. But um, obviously you have to make that viable for the members of the band. You have to make it worth their while. Um, so, you know, if I found people who are keen to just play the live stuff with me, I'd be super happy. That'd be like a really cool scenario. But um, yeah, I'm not holding my breath. I'm just kind of, I'm just looking out for who's for who's keen to play the music and then see where it goes from there. Gotcha, gotcha. So like when it comes to, you know, the band with the Netherlands, it's like you just found, you know, just the connection there worked out perfectly. Sometimes that stuff happens. And I like the fact that you use like Beartooth as the example too for a potential sugar spine thing because even the other members of Beartooth, like uh, I think like Oshi, for example, like he's got his whole entire like Twitch thing going on. So it's yeah. like, okay, it's like, you know, they have other things that are going on that also help out with the band. But when it comes to, more of like the focus of the band, the creation of stuff, the production of stuff, especially for Beartooth. It's like the buck stocks to Caleb and that's that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it. That's exactly it. Actually, I should probably say that the name of the band in the Netherlands is called Unburdened. I feel like I've talked about them so much, but I haven't even said the name. So like, if I didn't say it, they'd be like, dude, what the fuck? Like you didn't even say the name of the band. So yeah, the name, the name is Unburdened. Um, just a little bit of a self plug there. Already, everyone, just so that you are aware, the name of the band in the Netherlands that Josh is in is Unburdened. The name of the band is also in the description Thank of the podcast, you. so you do not miss out on that one. <laughs> For fans of Parkway Drive, as LA Dying, Barry Tomorrow. There you go. Done. Oh. Yeah. Alrighty. I'm my, my, to my vocals that. is quite different, especially compared to Sugar Spine versus Unburdened. It's like Unburdened's real Parkway Drive, the real almost like um, uh, nothing face kind of stuff. And then Sugar Spine's like. God, like whatever i feel like <laughs> whatever i feel like doing dude whenever when to get when you go to the netherlands man we got to do this again with the, with the guys in unburden though we got to get every, yeah. all, every, everyone together and just be like we're gonna do this again Woo! they would love that so much absolutely but, but like even kind of just one thing that i think a lot of other you know bands might you know face some troubles with too is something that you just kind of explained too when it came to like finding the members of the band that are going to be as invested as you are invested properly the way that everything mixes in together because of course as you go through and you create a band say you create a band you know especially because a lot of bands they created like you know it's either the high school bands you know right out of high school so you're like 19 20 21 years old and when it comes to responsibilities when it comes to the way life is going you know those adult responsibilities haven't really taken over at that point but as True. time goes on, you know, <clears throat> things change. People, you know, end up getting, you know, potentially have to get jobs, you know, support themselves while the band's going on. And they get a job that's yeah. in a completely different area of the country that you're living in. You have to move away. It's just not viable. Travel isn't as viable. You've got families. You've got kids, wives, girlfriends, or boyfriends, husbands, whatever it might be. And stuff just gets harder like that. But and then that's why, you know, you get member changes or just stylistic yeah. changes happen. A lot of different things can happen. But it is yeah. hard to find people that are going to be as connected and in as invested you or the chemistry of investments going to work out yeah. so well. Using the Beartooth example, that chemistry investment to work out so well. Because even with the podcast, well, it's like, I'm a one-man show over here. I do everything that for this yeah. thing. So, And I've thought about bringing other people on just to help out with certain things. But... I have such a hard time. It's like, 
I know people aren't going to be as invested as me. And what am I going to feel free enough to let go of? Yeah. It's just, it, it, it's, it's a constant like mind warp that I have to deal with. And then a lot of other bands have to deal with, especially as members drop and new people come in. It's how do you deal with all that? I mean, there's so much going on there, but it's something where, you know, it's something you just got to figure out. It's something you got to deal with. It's something that you got to yeah. just, you know, go through, not necessarily go through the motions of, but really fully understand and go through the whole entire detail of the operation. For sure. And it comes down to a bit of self-honesty as well. If you, you know, a lot of people think like, no, no, I'm, I'm fine. Like it's, it's not a problem. I'll just do it. I'll just keep doing it. It's like, okay, well, are you actually, are you, what's the word? Are you engaging in a moment of introspection with real gen, like with, with real genuine intention? Or are you kind of just thinking that because you don't want to look at the effort required to go out and kind of solve the problem, which you might end up facing later on, which could be potentially critical to whatever you're doing. So you've got to have a, a real good look at it with a sense of honesty and, and almost humility, you know, like, for me with with um with sugar spine it's like okay well am i am i really taking care of this in a good way or should i start bringing someone on who can help me with that it's like well it's not so much that i need help it's just that i'm not doing enough or i'm not working at it in a smart way like if you feel like you're swimming upstream you know it's like do you swim harder upstream or do you just swim to the left get out of the water and walk upstream it's like you know there's there's a lot of different ways that you can go about it so um, it's very much like a very introspective process to look at that and say, well, can I do it better myself? Yes. How? No. How or why? And then you, it's like, it's just like breaking it down. You just really just have to break it down and then kind of just build it back up with the right blocks. Yeah. And that, that's a great way to describe it too, with that little analogy about fish and stream and just really getting to think about that as well. And that's for anybody out there, whether it comes to a band or whatever project you're working on trying to build it up, whether it's a business side project, whatever it might be. Just thinking about that and just understanding, you know, if things have to get done, is it going to be better if you just kind of push through it or if you step to the side, have someone else help you out with it? What's going to be the best overall for the overall health of the project that you're working on? 100%. And, you know, some things, some things that I hear from bands, especially when it comes to marketing and social media, they're, they're saying, like I've heard from some people, they're like, oh, but... I don't want to have to sit down like, you know, three times, three times a week, four times a week and make a post. It's like, I'm not going to do that every single time. It's like, okay, so you've got a problem. Now you can work harder with the problem by becoming more disciplined and making sure that you sit down Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday to post, or you sit down for a little bit longer on Sunday night and schedule all your posts so that it all happens. And all you have to do is, you know, press like every few days or something. And then it's sorted, like, you know, make, make a solution that's going to work with you in the long term. And that's like a super simple, super simple um, example. But, you know, it's, it's very much just working with a solution, you know, as opposed to fighting against the actual issue. Um, and I think that's definitely what separates more successful bands, especially in the start from, from less successful ones. And again, I am, I'm not a, I am not a successful band by any means right now. Um, I plan to be, um, but it does take a lot of time to, to figure all that shit out. And there's absolutely no shame in also asking for help on that. You know, whether it's asking for help from your parents, you know, or your friends or anything like that, just like, Hey, how can I, you know, as a business, how can I do this? They say, oh, I don't know, but I know this person who might like always just ask because there is so much knowledge out there and it doesn't always have to be on YouTube or, or Google. Like there's so many people who can actually give you a pretty decent helping hand. So Yeah. It's, it's a tough world to navigate, but I mean, it's, it's, it's navigable. Oh yeah. And that, I mean, that can go to anything in life as well, where you have a problem that's in front of you. 
Now you have a couple of choices. You can either push that problem further down the line, but that problem is going to still be there and likely grow. Or you can push right through that problem, but you know, it might come back because you're just kind of pushing through it. Or you can work to find the solution so that the problem doesn't persist. And that solution might not just be from yourself. That solution might involve other people helping. You might have to go yeah. ask for help with that. And when it, I mean, I've talked about this plenty of times when it comes to, you know, different things when it comes to, you know, mental health, asking for help, specifically when it comes to men as well. We, when it comes to anything, like we want to get this stuff done ourselves. We don't really care to ask for help. Hell, if I yeah. got to go somewhere, it's like in that classic, you know, oh, honey, you didn't ask for directions. I know where I'm going. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> we, we're, we're not going to ask for We're going to figure it out ourselves kind of thing. But no, sometimes you're going to have to ask for help, whether it's, you know, from people that you know you're close to or people that you maybe have a more of an expertise in the subject matter with the problem that you're dealing with so that yeah. you can solve this problem and make it as best as possible for you so that you can focus in on the things that you want to be doing so when it comes to the band when it comes to you know stuff with sugar spine for yourself you can focus in on the writing the creative process the production process of things That's when it, it comes to me for the podcast i can focus on more of the creative aspect of it focus on more of the face-to-face interaction or camera to camera interaction on a podcast focus on you know really preparing for these things and not necessarily have to focus as much on you know the content creation side of things which for me is probably the not probably the hardest thing to kind of go through with this when it comes to just the mentality side of things it's like i got a lot i gotta create i do have some fun with it but at times it's just like okay, this is getting kind of, you know, repetitive kind of, it takes some time. How can I fix this? Can I get someone else to do it? But then also, you know, got to figure out the other problems that come along with that too. Time, compensation, investment, you know, there's a lot of things you got to go through, but being aware of the problem and understanding the best thing to do to, you know, take care of that problem is to find the solution instead of just pushing through it or just trying to, you know, skate around it or pushing it off so that it, doesn't gonna end up coming back later but you just don't have to deal with it right now no find the solution to this stuff <laughs> that's that's it man that is it like and like you know it's okay to also push stuff away to deal with at a later time like everyone does that i mean it's, it's completely normal but you do have to of course consider the the severity of pushing it away it's like is this something that i can stave off for a while or is it critically important for me to figure out now and that's that's just with everything for life but you know like you know with my job it's like do, can i can i kind of procrastinate and put this to later like hmm, no people won't be happy with me okay do it now can i put that away to later yeah it's okay people might be frustrated but it'll be okay it's like cool it's, it's just it's risk risk management almost it's it's risk management it's life management it's all those different things in one exactly. small aspect but yeah, yeah. I mean, what happens when you have two problems that come up at the same time and you're not able to handle both of them? You're going to have to push one off till a later time to focus on the other problem. You're not exactly. pushing that off because you don't want to deal with it. You're pushing off because you don't have the capacity to deal with it at the moment. Or what if it's a gigantic problem that is just like, okay, you know, you're not necessarily pushing it off, but you might just be gathering your resources or gathering your help so you can find the solution to that problem and then take care of it. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a skill slash a, what would you call it? A yeah, necessity. Yeah. It's a necessity that you kind of just, you learn over time. Um, you know, when you come out of high school, as you said, you know, you don't really have that stuff under your, under your belt, but, 
with experience you do you just keep learning and you know if you're not good at it just keep practicing it that's and that's obviously with just anything oh absolutely it's like if i went back 10 years and like had 17 year old me look at what i'm doing right now it like the like the thought process would be like what the hell are you actually doing and how the hell is this possible hell if you put you know 24 year old me into this right now i'd be like what this is possible like this is a thing honestly 10 years down the line you put 30 you put you know i get to see 37 year old me if i got to go that further ahead and i get to see what i was doing i'd probably be like how the hell did that happen but it's just oh, all going to be consistent absolutely working through those problems working through those issues and building up the skill of them building up the team around you to make sure that whatever project you're working on or whoever you are whatever personal brand you're working on whatever brand you're in whatever it might be your band whatever is the most successful that's it and that's that's what i think too it's like man i wish i started this um solo project back in like 2012 like as soon as i got out of high school because i just would have like stuck to that ever since but i mean shoulda woulda coulda you just gotta you just gotta do what you're doing now shoulda woulda coulda but it just took you know a uh lockdown in a hotel room for you to start this bad boy up but hey better exactly. late than never yeah exactly right and at that point i could probably like cut this podcast like for like a slice piece and be like the banner and this was the core progression podcast ted talk style with josh from sugar spine being efficient in starting a small career yeah i mean we basically ted talk that bad boy up right there that's i think so that's kind of cool but jumping in a little bit more for sugar spider now specifically the <laughs> mirror talk ep because i don't want to not talk about the you know the music in the ep specifically sure, sure. With, I, if, if i did that if i didn't do that and we ended the podcast there like you know the cut would have been kind of cool but the content eh, we're missing on the big piece here so with the release sure, of the mirror sure. talk ep my question to you first is this what was the reaction you saw on the ep from people you knew people that listened to the music beforehand and then the fans when they first got to hear it when it was released so the cool thing is that i didn't have fans before the ep um and now i do and that's cool <laughs> um so to have fans in general is really sick um overall it was like majorly positive um my my friends who had heard my music before they were like this is this is cool. Like, this is really cool stuff. Like you've outdone yourself. And that was, that was nice. I kind of use a couple of my close friends as like a, not a canary in a coal mine, but almost just like a litmus test, I suppose. Um, Cause they've got pretty solid opinions, especially about metalcore. Like they all love that stuff. And I send that to them and they'll be like, Oh man, this slaps. It's like, cool. Um, but then yeah, with, when it came to reviews and stuff, yeah, I was getting, I was getting good reviews. Um, I think a bunch of magazines gave it seven out of 10. I got a 10 out of 10 from one, which was, like almost unbelievable and then a german website gave me nine out of 15 which was a very interesting rubric to go by but hey i'll take nine out of 15 that's fine it's like this is my first ep that i've put out by myself so um and yeah and then actually a couple of my friends who didn't know that i do uh rough vocals were absolutely mortified they were like that <laughs> doesn't come out of your fucking mouth you liar I was like, yeah, it does. They're like, you're too cute for that. It's like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> like, you're not that scary. I was like, that's that's a fair point. But yeah, so long story short, it's been really, really positive. I'll say, how's that come out? You don't look that scary. I mean, take a look at some of the vocalists <laughs> in metalcore that like you look at them, you're yeah. just like, yeah, they don't look too scary. They look like, you know, they're probably like a math professor at some, like a local community <laughs> college or like an engineer working at AT&T. And then they come out and just, Ooh, like, ah. yeah, that's, that's true. You see some people like, you know, um, Winston from Parkway Drive is a pretty, 
I don't want to say normal because you know nothing's normal. But um, he's a, he's a very I don't know. It looks like a surfy dude. You know, doesn't look as crazy as someone like um. There was a band called Signal the Firing Squad from Australia that was like kind of well known. I think back around the 2014, 2013 times. And there was this um, original vocalist called Kyson. And he was the scariest dude I've ever seen in my life, like covered in tattoos, upside down cross, like in his, in his head. And I was just thinking like, that's the guy who's going to murder me if I ever get murdered. Um, and I'm not that, like, I look like some guys like at a fucking groove in the move festival, you know, like I, I, I look like I could play a Matt Corby cover. Um, so yeah, when they, when they heard my vocals, they were like, that's not you. So like, yeah, it's me definitely. And then, yeah, so they were, they were pleasantly shocked and surprised. I honestly like kind of looking at it. It's like, I would be surprised too, if I didn't know that you did ugly <laughs> vocals, like before seeing you. Cause if I wouldn't have known that, like I would have looked at you and like, you basically could have put on like, you know, like a nice dress shirt, a waistcoat. And you basically, I, I would have thought you'd been like a Lumineers cover band. That's, that's how I sometimes feel. Like when I look at photos, I'm like, Oh God, where's my acoustic guitar when I need it? <laughs> <laughs> and then you come out with the vocals and just like, and you people are just like, how does that yeah. come out of you? Or it's like that little girl that was just on America's Got Talent and covered Holy Roller by Spirit Box. And all of a sudden, it's like, it's, like, it's like, there's a demon inside you. I'm like, nah, that girl just really, really knows how to do unclean vocals. Like, she, 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 she is she's trained for yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, no, she she was so cool to watch. It was so cool to see that everyone was like standing up and applauding as well. It's like metal slowly like making its way into the mainstream a lot more than usual. Like it kind of has its moments where it jumps in like Psychosocial from Slipknot obviously made its way into the mainstream a little bit on radio. Um, Master of Puppets. I mean, there's there's times where it kind of like jumps in and goes back out, but not to the point of like Spirit Box. But I think Spirit Box, for instance, is going to get us uh, a little bit more into the limelight or bring me the horizon. They're doing the same mm -hmm. thing. I think like we picked like in a different podcast, we picked like three that are doing it right now. One's bringing the horizon, another Spirit Box, and then another, which is it's not on the same level as those two, but the fact that they're getting some mainstream attention is absolutely insane as Lorna Shore. Yeah, that is very true. And for a band so extremely non-mainstream, they're doing such a good job of bringing that to the, to the spotlight, you know, especially with um, the charismatic, uh, what's, what's her name? Elizabeth, the um, charismatic voice, the YouTube cat, the channel where she, oh, where, yeah, like yeah. she took Will to, yeah, did a, what is it called? The, the, the Laurent, Laryscopy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, whatever yeah, you call it, the well, camera that goes down the throat, that thing. Um, yeah, so that that's really cool, and like people are interested in that because it's so weird. It's so, yeah, it's so weird. So uh, I'm really glad that that's happening. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not as I'm not as uh, innocent looking as Harper on America's Got Talent, but uh, I'm definitely not looking like Kyson from Signal the Firing Squad. No. Oh no, you're not looking like uh, I was gonna say like Chris Mo <laughs> like Chris Motionless either. Because the first time I saw him, like, I saw like first time I saw him was press photos from the uh, from the graveyard shift, Aaron. I'm just like, I remember my friends Holy like sent me. Shit, a yeah. I literally looked at him like, is this like Manson 2.0 with the look? And then all of a sudden I listen to like listen to voice. I'm like, wasn't expecting that. Okay, let's go to the next yeah. song. It was eternally yours. And right after I heard him start screaming, that, I'm just like. Oh my god! Yeah, or, or like someone like Ricky Hoover, like he still scares me. Like I, I kind of don't want to meet him just because I'd be so scared. But I know that he'd be a really cool dude to chat with. Same as um, uh, Matt from Kublai Khan. Like I don't know if I'd be strong enough mentally to interview him because he's just such an oppressive looking dude. I'm like, <laughs> wow, please. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not in that realm. I'll just, I'll, I'll do the talking with my voice, not with my, my image. Do the talking, yeah. Just do the talking with your voice because then people listening quite like, literally. Uh, yeah, how does that come out <laughs> of you? Exactly.
it's just that good kind of stuff. But I mean, the fact that you got a lot of pub, like positive response only from, you know, new fans that came in here, but from other publications as well. And the German one, they gave you a nine out of 15, which is kind of weird going up to 15 because you divide that nicely. I mean, it ends up becoming six out of 10, which I mean, out of the ones you said, that's the lowest out of the bunch. But if the lowest out of the bunch is six out of 10, come on, that's pretty damn good. Not bad, cause, yeah, and it's the first uh, first body of work that I've ever mixed, produced, and mastered myself as well. Actually, sorry, it was not mastered by me. Um, I got it mastered by Ryan Wood at 105mm Studios in the UK, but it was mixed and produced um, by myself. So, yeah, that was probably the thing I was most worried about, not so much the songs themselves, but just how they sounded. That was what I was most self-conscious of. Oh, absolutely. Because I mean, there's a lot of people out there, especially during the pandemic, where they try doing a lot of the mixing and like, you know, the mastering on their own end, because that's what you kind of had to do at that point. You know, yeah, you're stuck in your house for two, three straight months, you know, and you're a musician, you got to figure out something that was going to be the piece that, you know, one of the pieces of the puzzle that was going to be missing when it came to yeah. creating new music. And you can create the demos, but when it comes to getting everything mixed and mastered, it's like, you might have to produce that on your own, my good friend. <laughs> but just the fact that, you know, for your first time out with this, with Sugar Spy and your first, you know, collection of songs and just seeing the positive reaction on that, that is just something that's fantastic to see, fantastic mm -hmm. to hear, and just has to give a lot of that, like, confidence boost to you as well, just going forward. So that when it comes to continue to create music for Sugar Spine, you are ready to go and you have the confidence when it comes to, I'm going to write whatever the hell I feel like writing. I'm going to create whatever yeah. I want to create. And I have that, like, feeling of confidence that people have liked this stuff from what I've already produced, what I've already put out there. Now let's yeah. keep this rolling. Let's keep the creative juices flowing and let's see where we can take this even further. For sure. And the, the, I guess the choice to write music that wasn't one specific style has kind of given me that, that freedom to not be worried about what it's going to sound like in the future. Um, you know, like a song that I've got coming up uh, is very much like, just aggressive like more aggressive than anything else on the ep but then um i've already got stuff coming up for after that which is really different it's already like i don't know how to explain it but like considerably slower more melodic but then still like sludgy and heavy it's it's weird but like so but just the the thing that kind of makes me happy about it is that i don't have to worry if people like it or not because they're going to be like oh well that actually kind of sounds like what they did at the start of that song but it sounds really different to what they did at the end of that other song it's like it's so eclectic. So it's really liberating. It, it really is the point where when you can create whatever the hell you feel like creating and you're not going to end up being put into like that it put into a certain box that you have to stay into. Yeah. Like we talked about earlier, you know, blank canvas, just a blank wall that you're able to paint wherever, the, whatever the hell goes on there, goes on there. Cause all, yeah. a lot of the, like a lot of the bands, when it comes to those biggest bands, when it comes to, it's like, yeah, you might have like a certain style, but those ones that are just gigantic and huge. They're pretty much the ones that kind of pioneered that style. Look at thrash metal. Thrash metal wasn't a thing, but all of a sudden you get the ones that kind of started out like Slayer. Yep. Metallica. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Come I on. Yeah. That's, that's exactly it. And that was the thing. Like when I started writing, I did want to make sure that I was writing as kind of open as possible. So that way, if I, you know, it's just, yeah, if if I did become more well known, I wasn't well known specifically because of that one style. I was more well, I wanted to be more well known because they're like, we don't know what's coming next, and that's you know that's kind of like the the whole reason that Mirror Talks the title track exists because it's just such a it's such a piss take. It's like a caricature of that. It's like start off with like almost opera like singing, 
then go straight into a gross stick deer gun style hardcore beat and then move into a slayer thrash kind of thing and then move into some weird little you know i think it's like prison song style system of a down breakdown thing and it's like I, I can do that. It's, it, I can do that the same reason that dogs lick their balls is because they can, you know? <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, that's definitely what makes it so fun. And also just makes it really, um, makes it fun for me to keep coming back to as well, which is kind of, for me, the most important thing. I want to keep coming back and keep writing music for it. And just the way you describe the titular song at Mirror Talk, when it comes to the intro, having a little bit more of that opera feel to all of a sudden, the next part, having more of that hardcore kind of stick to your yeah. guns issue. <laughs> and then the next part, like you're having like this feeling of um, potential like hardcore, but also thrash in the same point as well. I'm not going to lie, Josh. I don't think you could describe it better because I'm taking a look at my note sheet on the song. And that is <laughs> basically what I have put down there. Because <laughs> I'm looking at this. I literally have just like, I'm looking at just some words up here. I was like, you know. In the intro, it's like it's just in it's just vocals and it's softer. I'm like, I was not expecting that. All of a sudden, next there, I'm like, hardcore sound. Even have on there like stick to your guns as part of there as part of like that yeah. like little like blurb I have on when I was creating this whole entire thing. And then for like the second part, the second part when the full verses cut when the full instrumentals are in there, take away from that intro is a part. So it's like get the intro. You've got the uh, first part of the instrumentals. You got the second part of the instrumentals. I literally have yeah. hardcore, faster hardcore meets thrash tone. Like it is literally on there. Like <laughs> I picked up on this right away, and you're describing it like this. I'm freaking out a little bit. Like we are Dude, on the same wavelength here, my good sir. Uh, yeah, I mean maybe you should be in the band as well. We seem to be on the exact same page. Or, or just or just doing the whole entire analytical work of everything. So it's like, when, <laughs> are you like when it comes to what are you trying to put out there? Is it being achieved at this point? And I can say, yep, yep, <laughs> that's exactly it. I'm so happy about that. Um, and the, the the start of that song, like the the vocal part, um, I was saying earlier that you know I get influenced by a bunch of different styles of music and stuff. That was heavily influenced by London Grammar. Um, there's a song called Rooting for You by London Grammar, which I'm like, I'm deeply in love with. And the start of it, it's this, you know, um, the vocalist is Hannah Reed and she just sings this gorgeous, this gorgeous single thing with like, I think it's like a piano in the background, but I found it so ascending and so uplifting. And I was thinking, man, I think it'd be so funny to put that at, at the start of a song that sounds like the rest of Mirror Talk. And I was like, fuck it. Why not just do it? And it seemed to have worked. I think, um, Hardcore Came reacted to it. And he was just like, oh, you're going to make me cry with this. <laughs> it's really funny to watch his reaction to it. Well, just here's another way to kind of describe that too when it comes to sometimes, you know, when we're not expecting those things, it makes the song so much more memorable. And one perfect example of that is mm. Pisces by Ginger for the first like minute and a half, yeah. two minutes. It's got such a nice kind of vibey, more like lo-fi kind of flow. You're just kind of enjoying it. And all of a sudden, then here it comes Tatiana with the <laughs> unclean vocals. And every time you watch a reaction of that, that people who don't know Ginger, and it's just like, okay, you know, they're liking it. And then they see Tatiana doing the unclean vocals. They fly back in their chairs yeah. and they're like, what no the actual hell? The, way. <laughs> the, the two rockin' grannies are my favorite for that because they just freak out yeah. and they're like, that gave me the chills. And it's like, how does that deep of a voice come out of that woman yeah that's we don't know <laughs> oh they're so innocent i love their reaction so much especially to like to the hellfire the reactions to, to the hellfire was so funny but theirs was just so good it was no. so so good 
Oh, yeah, I always like watching their their uh, whatever they uh, uh, do uh, reviews of any falling in reverse song because it's like I know within like three days I'm like I can expect them to post like the Ronnie Aki reacts to two rocking grannies reacts to falling in reverse <laughs> yeah. and he just like just ends up like laughing during the whole thing. It's like it's just so innocent and so funny at the same time too. Seeing two older women just getting into rock and metal and just enjoying yeah. every minute of it and all of like the rock and metal fans like we're watching this stuff and we're just like. This is why we like this stuff because all of a sudden, like new people are getting into it, and they're just enjoying it for the sheer fact that they're just just enjoying yeah. the music of it. And you're just seeing, you know, you're seeing all these curmudgeons that are like, "Oh no, it's not real music." Oh, you're screaming. Well, if these two ladies, the rocking grannies, can get into this <laughs> and see the beauty in all of it, maybe they're onto something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just such an innocent, enjoyable thing. It's just so it's it's so without elitism or gatekeeping. It's the it's like it's anathema to that, isn't it? Like it's everything that gatekeeping hates, and that's what I love about it. It's just so nice and inclusive, and everyone's so welcome, and it's just a very wholesome experience. Just watching them, and then also the comments, everyone's like, "This is so cool!" It's like, yeah, it is. It really is. Oh, absolutely, and the comments because I think I've seen like maybe one negative comment. Everyone's like, it was like a negative comment. I forgot on what video it was, but everyone kind of like commented like, "Dude, what are you talking about?" Like, it's like shut is- up. <laughs> Like, like this is good stuff. Like, oh, yeah. be- oh, 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 you're mad because they're not reacting to this like one very specific band that you requested. Oh, um, yeah. Well, they're not going to get to everybody. I mean, they're great. <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't please everyone. It's like I look at some of the songs they react. I'm like, I would like to react to some songs that I like a little bit more. Maybe some of the songs they picked by certain bands. You know, I wish they'd pick a different one. But you know what? Yeah. Just roll with it. Or the oh, or the reactions to Electric Cowboy. Oh, just the ridiculousness of it. Like now, that is always a good time. Yeah. No, that is that is very enjoyable. Again, charismatic voice. She's one of my favorites for sure. She's just got such a candid response to everything, and it's just so fun to watch her. No, absolutely. It's like even like, and they're uh, watching like do Nick Nocturnal do some of the stuff. It's I'm yeah, I'm not enjoying his stuff as much as maybe I had used to in the past. But like some of the yeah. reactions, when it's like you know, and you get like some of those like surprises in there. <laughs> like yeah. watching his reaction to Till the Hellfire when Will Rumble says the pig squeal. Uh, like he's just like, he's like, stop it, stop it. Like like like, <laughs> what is this? I I don't understand. Is this voice? Is is that actually coming out of his mouth? Is he actually doing that? I I, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I really want one day for him to react to one of my songs. That'd be really cool. I, I, I wouldn't feel like I've made it, but I would feel like I've made it somewhere. <laughs> so you've made it to a certain point. Well, yeah. we'll push for it. We'll push for it. I'm Mr. trying my best, damn it. We'll, 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 we'll start out here with asking Mr. Nick Nocturnal to react to a Sugar Spine song. From there, we'll Please. try and get more people on there. We'll try and add this to it. We'll try and make, we'll make this into a little bit of a TikTok video. We'll tag Nick in it. We'll see what happens. And just kind of get that. We'll, we'll, we'll basically, we're not sure if it's going to work, but we're just going to get, you know, we're going to get that started. We're going to yeah. get the pot brewing all of a sudden next so. thing, you know, maybe in a little bit, a couple of months, maybe the next time you release song, maybe in like a year or so, all of a sudden next thing, I'm going to be watching, you know, some YouTube stuff, trying to, you know, do some research on some other bands I'm working with yeah. to try and get on the podcast. All of a sudden I see Nick Nocturne reacts to whatever it is by Sugar Spine. I'm just going to probably message you be like, dude. <laughs> I was just about to say the name of the next song, but I can't. I can't say it yet. Um, I was. I was so close, man. I was. I was like, mm, no, put it back in. Don't but say think, it yet. And on the on the bottom of the video, it'll say the secret next song coming out soon. Secret secret next song coming out very soon. All I can say is that it's like if you if you like Sugar Spine's music, then you will probably have a new favorite song 
with when this one comes out. Like this is the heaviest. Uh, it's the most for me. It's the most original. It's the most fun as well. Like the end sequence, I find is like so fucking fun. I just that's the only way I can describe it. Is the end so? Let me let me ask you this before we close this out. Is this end sequence as fun as the end sequence to, to the Hellfire? Um. Damn it, I don't want to say yes because then I'll have to back that up. But it doesn't have it doesn't have any um snorting. It doesn't have any like, you know, doesn't have any tunnel vocals. Um it's got what can I say? It's got massive powerful chords and then it's got a massive breakdown with some probably some of the lowest gutturals I've put on the like any of my sugar spine stuff to date. Um and my vocals on this one are definitely heavier. They sound like a like it sounds a bit like blowing smoke out of my own ass, but if I had to say it reminds me of stuff, it'd be like a mixture of, of like a version's crown kind of like lows um, mixed with all the way up to like high, like there's a bit of humanity's last breath esque kind of stuff in there as well. Like honestly, this song just fucking tries to go for everything. So I think it'll kind of touch on a few things. Maybe I'll have to send you a sneak peek because I've talked about it so much. You might have to. And then one other thing. Will this yes. song come out at some point in 2022? Um, so I don't know. <laughs> because um, I feel like this song for me, like I really want to have a, like a really cool video to go with it. Because um, I feel like it's a song that can't just have a visualizer. Like I feel like a lot of songs that have visualizers not so much get overlooked, but I feel like the weight of what they're saying and the weight of the production and, and the songwriting itself kind of gets lost. Um, that that could be argued um, heavily in the opposite direction, but I would love to honor this track with a really cool music video. So if it does have a really cool music video, probably early next year. If it doesn't, probably like later this year. <laughs> well, I'll put it this way. I'm hoping for early next year so you can get that proper music video done, my friend. I want to see that me happen. Too. Me too, man. Well, we'll make it happen. We'll make sure it happens, and we'll make sure that when it does, we'll make sure that uh, Mr. Nick Nocturnal has to react to it. And come on, we'll buddy, listen. We'll we'll send it, we'll send it to the two rocking grannies as well because come yes. on, who doesn't come want on. to see grannies reacting to Sugar Spine? Come on, that's what I thought. So I'm thinking, all right, Josh, as we bring this podcast to its conclusion, one thing I'd like to do before we close these out is give you a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote. Mm -hmm. So, Josh, the floor is yours, my good man. Oh, man. Okay. Well, uh, Sugar Spine's debut EP, Mirror Talk, is now available on all streaming platforms. It's seven tracks. It's 30 minutes long. Um, each track is a full track. So don't worry, there's no intermissions there to kind of uh, – pace things there's no pacing it's just going to punch you in the face for 30 minutes please enjoy it the lyrics are deep they're incredibly meaningful they talk about very specific topics um so and if you find that those topics resonate with you please reach out to me please make your comments interact with it but most importantly i just hope that you enjoy listening to the music perfectly said now it's time for me to end this podcast with yeah three very specific things so first things first you just heard this conversation with Josh from Sugar Spine. So what are you going to want to do? You're going to want to follow along with Sugar Spine, right? You're going to want to find them on social media. You're going to want to make sure you stream the music, specifically Mirror Talk, the single, and the whole EP as a whole. I just want to call it the single itself, specifically because, you know, we talked about a little bit with the three crazy parts that it has to it. And you're going to want to find that, listen to that intro. It's like, oh, this is kind of smooth. Then all of a sudden, whoa, 
Like you're gonna want to experience that. So what you want to do, you're gonna want to like all their stuff on social media. You're gonna find my YouTube so you can watch their videos and watch that video for the secret single when it comes out. And you want to stream music, buy the music, download the music, you know, support the band in any way that you can. So go and do that. But I'll make it easy for you guys. Look the links description of the podcast. You find everything that says find Sugar Spine online. So links to social media where you can stream the music, where you can support them. Everything is there for you with labels. So you have to, it's a one-click, one-stop shop kind of thing. Take care of everything for you on that front. Along with, and I'll do this for you as well, I will add your other band socials there as well so people can follow along with your other band as well so we don't forget about that either. You are a gentleman and a scholar. Thank you. Well, thank you. I hope you say that after part two. So, Josh, when I, whenever I'm guests on the podcast, I tend to make a certain promise to them if I enjoy having them on the podcast. This has happened every freaking time I've had a band on the podcast. From before we hit the record button, I knew that this promise was going to keep rolling. So, Josh, my promise to you is this. It's not an if, my friend. It's not an if. If implies this might not happen. So fuck that. When. That's where we're starting. When, when implies this is going to happen. Date and time? At the moment, hell if we know, but it's still going to happen at some point in time. So when I see perform live with either Sugar Spine or your other band because it's going to happen. When Oof. I get to see you guys perform live because I will do this. My promise to you is this, sir. First round's on me. Oh, damn. Okay. Okay. I'll reciprocate. Second's on me. Perfect. And I do like to, um, you know, pay up on these debts and make good on these promises any way I can. Hell, there was one band that was over from the UK. Uh, I've had them on the podcast twice. They played a show over here in in the US, in my hometown. I told them after the show that I had a case of beer in my car I was going to bring to them. So they were like, yep, this is our bus. Here's a secret knock. Bring the case. So I came in, knocked on the door. Yeah, different band answered the door. So I was like, okay. Who the hell are you? I'm the beer guy. Oh, shit. So now I get on the bus, and then here comes the band. Now we're all drinking beer on the bus for an hour, and we're just having a great, great, good old time. So I make good of my promises. I make good of my promise to you, sir. So it will happen at some point. We just don't know (laughs) when yet. All right. I'll hold you to it. Perfect. And Josh, as we bring this podcast to its official conclusion for part number three, I cannot end this by saying goodbye for a couple of reasons. One. I have a promise to maintain. Two, I would love to have you back in the podcast with Sugar Spine in the future. And we'll see what happens when that new song releases. We'll probably bring you back right around then so we can talk yeah. about the new song and we can see what happens when Nick Nocturnal and Two Rock and Grannies react to it. And three, <laughs> I'd love to have you and your other band on the podcast as well when you get to the Netherlands, when you get your life settled over there as well so that we can, you know, keep this train rolling. So goodbye. Hell no, Josh is saying goodbye. This is... See you later. See you, bud. Whoa, whoa, folks. That's my interview with Josh the band Sugar Spine. Once again, if you want to find Sugar Spine online and get in the know with their music, go to the description of the podcast under where it says find Sugar Spine online. You're going to find descriptions to all their social media accounts where you can find them on YouTube and where you can stream, download, buy their music and where you can support Sugar Spine in every facet because, well, we're going to get Nick Nocturnal and the Two Rock and Grays to react to that next song they got coming out. We're going to make it happen. Don't you want to be a part of it already? Oh, yeah, you do. So make sure you go and do that. Follow, share, subscribe yourself, listen, download, support the band in any way you can, along with 
Josh's other band as well. Link trips to the podcast for them as well. Also, make sure you subscribe to the Core Progression Podcast. We are here on YouTube. We are here on Spotify, Podcast, iRadio, and Amazon, and many other places where you can get your podcasts. So please make sure you hit that subscribe button and come and join us for the ride. So if you're already subscribed, I want to give you a thank you. If you're new here and are subscribing, thank you. If you're new here and like the episode, but you're like, ah, I don't feel like subscribing right now. May I ask for you to please subscribe, sir or madam? And if not, you know, thank you for stopping by. You're always welcome here. And please, please, please keep enjoying the Corporate Podcast. Please follow along with us on social media as well. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok as we do the Supercuts on TikTok as well. So link trips to podcasts for those as well. On top of that, I want to thank our sponsors once again. First off, thank Manscaped. Remember, 20% off your entire order and free worldwide shipping with the code CPP at checkout so that okay not george herbert walker bush get him out of here too we want to have a bush free summer and oh yeah that's where the lawnmower 4.0 comes and i keep pulling this thing out of here so make sure you go check all up what manscape has to offer because well bush free summer smoothest nutsack on the call is that oh you don't want to miss on that also remember we are sponsoring the one we were hungry festival happening out in las vegas october 20th and 21st of 2022 Tickets are available now. Go check them out. Go get your tickets right now. And I will see you in the pit with pancakes October 20th and 21st. Thank you, Josh, for being on the podcast. Cannot wait to have you back with your other band because we're going to keep supporting you guys. And on that note, that's going to be for me, guys. See rushes to the Chord Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin. And you guys know how I am every single one of the big, healthy, and hearty. See y'all. Yeah.